Welcome entrepreneurs and startups to Art of the Kickstart, the podcast that every entrepreneur needs to listen to before you launch. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president and founder of Inventus Partners, the world's only turnkey product launch company that has helped over 2,000 innovations successfully raise over $400 million in capital since 2010. Each week, I interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level. This show would not be possible without our main sponsor, Product Hype a 300,000 member crowdfunding media site and newsletter that's generated millions of dollars in sales for over a thousand top tier projects since 2017. Check out producthype.co to subscribe to the weekly newsletter. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today, I'm super excited because I am talking with co-founders Beth Godfrey and Fiona Devaney. They are the co-founders of Matt Legging. This campaign actually just launched, so they're super stressed out, but super excited. So I'm really uh, excited to have you guys on the show and talk about this amazing product. So Beth and Fiona, thank you so much for joining us today on the show. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. All right. So like I said, you guys just clicked the button. So how does it feel? <laughs> relief. I mean, it's exciting, but I feel relief because, I mean, Beth is on the West Coast, but she was working later. We, we both worked till really late, just double checking, triple checking. And then this morning got back at it. So it just feels good. I, you know, I, I think I'm speaking for all of us. We feel like we did the best we could. We checked everything. We took our time. We did our research and I, it feels good for me. And I think it's the same for you, Beth. Or Yeah, I learned more than I ever thought I could about dimensional weight and internet thing <laughs> <laughs> and like how that all works. So that's been great. <laughs> nice. Well, let's talk. Let's jump in, I guess, a little bit and give our audience a little bit of background, right? Like we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves because we're so excited about the launch, which is active right now on Kickstarter. But let's talk about the product. Like where, where did this start and what inspired you to create it? Well. I'm a yoga teacher. And before I was a yoga teacher, I was a yoga student. And since the first time I took a yoga class in many poses, and yoga mats used to be much thinner, they've become thicker. And I think that's because people realize you need padding. But they used to be usually much thinner. And when you put your knee down, it's just not comfortable. Even, you know, for most people, even if you just have regular knees, if you have injury, it's way worse. So I've always thought that someone should make a pair of yoga leggings with padding in the knee. And it has come back to me and come back to me for a long, long time until finally I decided to do it. And I think that's where a lot of the best innovations come out of is solving a problem. I uh, have been trying to perfect my my yoga abilities over the last couple of years. And I do find that uh, some of the poses are extremely difficult for you know injuries such as knees or my bad ankles and those sorts of things. So, uh, you know, definitely solving a problem with this product. So how did it start in terms of you bringing this product to market in terms of, you know, obviously this is an issue, but how did you begin that process of building the product and building these leggings? Well, I think for a long time without realizing it, I was doing lots of R&D in my mind. I would just look around at different leggings and just visualize seams. Or I remember um, Nike had this one pair that had kind of a cool 
geometric shape on the knees. And um, I would just look at it and think like, uh, I took a picture of it. I asked the person in my class, oh, can I take a picture of your knee? She, was, she said, yes. Just to see like, how could I make this happen? And it just looked bulky. Like it did not look sleek. It did not look good. It, it, didn't, it wouldn't look flattering. And it definitely wouldn't be functional because to have it cover enough space, it would have to be relatively, you know, it would have to take up the width of your knee basically to some extent. And nobody wants to have big bulky knees. So, and it wasn't a priority. I just kept thinking about it. I had no, ex no real experience in it. And so it was kind of there like, oh, I can't wait till someone makes this. Someone should make this. And then at some point I had, and that I never had knee injuries, by the way, when I first thought this, I was actually in my teens. I didn't have any injuries. I just had, I guess, relatively bony knees. Um, and it was uncomfortable. It wasn't painful, but it was just annoying. So then fast forward 20 years and I did have a bad knee injury and it would not go away. And I think my acupuncturist told me, just stop doing everything. No exercise, no biking, limit how much you walk. Just you really need to rest it, which I did for like six weeks and it didn't change. Um, there was a lot of swelling. It didn't hurt. It was tender, but it would puff up anytime there was any pressure on it. And I was really frustrated. And I think if anybody has had an injury you just start to feel vulnerable. Um, if you've ever had a long-term injury, I think you can relate to that, that you, you stop doing things, you wake up every morning and you check, like, is it still there? Is it gone? And it really, really got to me. I love to exercise. I'm a very active person. So it was hard not to, but it was also really frustrating that I did not see any progress from it not working, from, from me not working out. So it was, a, it was like June, it started to get really beautiful out. And I just one day said like, screw it, I'm going surfing. I was out in Montauk, uh, friends were going surfing. And I said like, I'm just going to go. It, the water's still cold at that time. So I put on a long wetsuit, went surfing, thinking like, I am definitely going to regret this. You know, I was in there for a few hours, came out and I was like, and then that was the only time I thought of my knee. I didn't think of it while I was in there you know, that's what happens with surfing. You lose your, you know, you, you stop thinking about everything. You just enjoy it. But once I came out, I thought, oh my God, like I'm sure my knee is puffed up. And I took off my wetsuit and like, it was fine. And then like, when I took my wetsuit off fully, I started to look and I realized there were quote unquote knee pads on there, which I kind of knew, but I never really paid attention to. So the pads on wetsuits aren't necessarily for, um, support or cushioning, they're more to prevent the wetsuit from getting ripped um, due to like sharp wax. So, but there is two layers of neoprene there. So it does offer some cushioning. And that's like when I thought like, oh, this is how I could do it. Like the shape looked good. It didn't look bulky. Like it, the silhouette was super sleek. And then from there, that's how I got my idea. And then it took me a long time I started researching, asking friends who are in design about factories, pattern makers. And, you know, I got a couple of different patterns made. I had stop start with a lot of people, a lot of different factories, but they couldn't figure out how to sew the knee pad on. I was using neoprene at the time um, and their machines couldn't do it. And it was frustrating. And then I happened to have the good luck of going to a friend's wedding in Mexico where I met a woman who had founded many successful 
fashion companies and she mentored people. Her name's Cheyenne Benedict. I'll give her a shout out. She started a brand called CNC California. And she was like, I mentor people. I mentor women, actually, specifically. She charged a nominal fee, you know, just to kind of gauge your commitment. And we started from there. And a lot of times her advice was just like, you're a big girl, go figure it out. (laughs) But just to have someone tell you that, like, hey, this is how it is for everyone. Like, you just have to go and do it. But she also did um, say, hey, I know the person who does this brand. I'll call them and ask them what factory they use. She called them. She had an answer right away. And then I started working with that factory. So, you know, I did put in a lot of hard work that got me nowhere. But for me personally, I think sometimes the hard work is actually asking for help. Maybe if I'd done that from the beginning more clearly, it wouldn't have taken me so long. Well, I just wanted to um, put in a few words as well. So I've been friends with Fiona for a long time and we did not just, you know, meet in working on this. Um, I used to live in New York and we... um, and I moved out to Santa Monica, but I've been, we've been in touch and I know it's just so interesting to see the evolution of this idea because we talked about it because I have worked with startups or just in very entrepreneurial situations a lot. So Fiona would call me and we would talk about certain aspects of it. And I just remember her saying, I know that it's possible. And like, you know, going to the different factories and going to different people and them telling her, well, we can't do that. And she's like, no, I know it is possible. And just like the perseverance to get it done. And I think that that, I mean, when you're talking about entrepreneurs and like, you know, what it takes to be an entrepreneur, I think that's just a big part of it. And so it was so cool this year. um, And I think part of it might have been, you know, having the time because of COVID to actually sit and like get it ready and get it launched. Um, and I talked to her and she's like, yeah, no, we're going, we're going forward. We're going on Kickstarter. And so I was like, well, yeah, I'd love to help. So it's been really cool. And it's been just amazing. Just cause like I said, I had seen it from the beginning from when it was kind of just the idea and then just the, the, the attempts and the, the trying and the failing. And now just to be here when we launched this morning is pretty amazing. And it's, you know, it's not always good to work with friends, but in this case, it's worked out really well. And I think it's great, you know, um, so, so it's been a, it's been an interesting ride. Yeah. A ride that is just beginning, you know, with the, the active campaign going on right now on Kickstarter, True. definitely <laughs> make sure we include all the links to the campaign right now. Cause, uh, looks like backers are bundling in there. Thousands raised already just minutes into the campaign launch. So definitely an exciting time. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, the, the design itself and how you went about creating the leggings, the process, the materials, the features, those sorts of things with the design, because obviously there's a lot of challenges that you encountered in terms of, you know, multiple prototypes and different designs and different features. How did you get to the design that you're at right now? Well, first, my first steps on the advice of a friend is I went out and I bought a pair of plain leggings and I was, I just, one that fit me. I bought uh, yards of neoprene because I thought, okay, if we did thick enough neoprene or at least dense enough. So I didn't want it thick, but I want it to be cushiony. You know, that could be a good material. So I went and I bought yards of that. And I took, bought a silver pen and I drew the shape that I put the leggings on, stood in front of my mirror and roughly drew the shape that I thought would be good, which would be wide, really like wide at the knee where you need coverage. I mean, I tried a few different things. But eventually I came to, when I did it just wide at the knee, it just made your knee look bulky. So instead we made wide coverage right where your knee is. And then we made the pad taper to very narrow going up and down. 
which visually elongates your legs. So that looks great. But it gives you padding where you need it. And it also is good for sizing that if your knee is a little bit further up or down, depending on how tall you are, it'll still work. So I stood in front of the mirror and I drew the shape that I thought would work. I cut out the neoprene and pinned it on there. And at first, right now, our knee pad is all one piece. I thought what would look cool would be to have a couple of different pieces sewn very closely together, that that would give it more stretch and it would look good. And I went to a tailor on Houston Street and explained it to him. I mean, there was pins everywhere. And he turned it inside out and somehow managed to sew it inside out. Like, I don't even know how he did that. Meaning uh, that was the only, for whatever, because, okay, if you were sewing a pa- from a pattern, the leg would be flat, right? Correct? Like you would do the inseam or the side seam last. But here, the leggings were already closed. Like the leg is like a tube. So you can't just put it under a sewing machine because then you'll sew the back of the leg and you can't put your leg through it. Do you follow what I mean? As, as bad of a seamstress <laughs> I am, I think I am. Okay. Okay, great. So I was like, I don't even know if someone can sew this because normally you would sew the knee pad on the flat fabric and then sew the side seams and the inseam to turn it into a leg. But I already had the leg done. I explained it to him. I thought he could maybe do it by hand, but like, he like whipped it around and somehow he did it, which is <laughs> a really good stroke of luck. And then from there, that was my prototype. And I went around to various factories, you know, starting, not various. I started with one who said they could do it. And then it would kind of be like, they would not be answering my emails, not answering right. my phone calls. And they would have all my stuff, like my patterns, my fabrics, everything, and just not get back to me because they didn't want it. At first, some that I encountered didn't want to say they couldn't do it. They didn't even send me an invoice to get started. When I met them, they'd say, oh, we have to invoice you before we can start. I'd be emailing them. Can you bill me, please? And I would just not hear from them. But then I actually found this great factory in New York called Factory 8. And they were super helpful. He figured out a way to make it look, help me to figure out a way. I mean, he tried, they tried sewing it. And as soon as you would put the knee pads on, because the pad was multiple pieces, They just could not sew them close enough. So there would be big gaps in between them. So he had a couple of suggestions that I worked with. And we got a better, better, like much better sample, but it still was not workable. And at a certain point, they just said to me, hey, we think you're really close. We love what you're doing, but we can't help you anymore. And that felt like I was getting dumped. (laughs) But um, it's not me. It's not you. It's me. Yeah, Um, I mean, it must be nice to at least get the feedback though, right? Yeah, no, it was. A lot of these places don't pick up the phone or answer. Yeah, no. And that's why I called them out because they were fantastic. They were really, really good. Like they were very mature. And like when I say that, I just mean because I don't understand how people stay in business who just don't call you back. But they were great. They were just like, you know, good luck. We wish you the best, but we cannot bring this any further. And after that, I think was when I met Cheyenne. And she told me, you know, all the kind of sportswear, activewear manufacturing is in Los Angeles. So that's probably where you'll have to go. Nice. So let's talk about the campaign, right? It just launched, but I'm really interested as well as the audience in terms of talking about some of that prep work, how long it's been, what's some of the the marketing work or the pre-campaign work that you guys have been doing behind the scenes to get this campaign in the position to finally launch today. 
Yeah. Well, okay. I well that, yeah. So I just interject really quickly. I think it's been just a very interesting process because I've worked on product launches, you know, in the not, I don't want to say the real word versus Kickstarter, but like non Kickstarter, just in general, just with a brand launching a product. And Kickstarter is a whole different animal. And I think it's very positive in a lot of ways. And I think, you know, one of the reasons Fiora chose Kickstarter is because it's a platform for innovators. And I think that we have something very innovative, right? It's the, um, with the built in knee pads that aren't bulky or restricting. And I think it's something new and something that people haven't seen. So I think it's a good compliment there, but certainly <laughs> Kickstarter is completely its own thing. So, so it's been, it's been interesting. Like I, I said earlier in the, in the, um, t- when we were talking that, I don't think I would ever need to know this much about shipping and international shipping and just all the different aspects of it. But you really need to make sure you have all your ducks in a row before you go live. But um, just in general, and I'll let Fiona speak to a little bit more of some of the technical things, but I think that we've just tried to lay a lot of the groundwork with our friends and just reaching out to influencers and other people. I mean, we have, you know, we're working with Inventus and they've been great and they've been, um, great in guiding us. And, and I, I, you know, I don't think we could have been as successful as we're hopefully going to be without them. We then also have been reaching out to all of our contacts, you know, and it's interesting. We've talked about the fact that we're all, you know, not in our twenties and the fact that that's a, that's a good thing because we know people <laughs> that can, you know, we've had experience and we know people that we can bring in like, you know, between um, some friends that are, like award-winning photographers or just different things that we, that can do this thing for us, you know, and you're like kind of not starting from scratch. But I think what I've noticed the most is, and been almost a little bit overwhelmed by the fact that people just really do want to help. And, you know, I feel like almost everyone I've personally reached out to, even if I didn't really expect them to say yes, they've said yes. And they've said, yes, what can I do and how can I help? And so that for me, I think it's just been the coolest part of this launch. And I mean, I, you know, and is why I'm, you know, really feeling positive and hopeful that it'll be a a big success. So. Excellent. No, we love that feedback. So I guess, you know, again, with the campaign just launching, we're, we're right in the, the thick of the, the launch plans themselves, but maybe talk about some of those learnings from a typical product launch to a crowdfunding Kickstarter launch that's been different and maybe some of the surprises along the way in terms of your education along the way of how we do launches. Okay. (laughs) One thing is, you know, um, so I'm like our, our spreadsheet person for sure. And it's just been, it's just such an unknown. I mean, when you are just launching a regular product, you can make projections and, and, you know, just with the different reward levels on Kickstarter, you really don't know, you know, when you're launching a product, you're like, well, we estimate people are going to buy X number of this. But when you're launching Kickstarter and I'm trying to figure out like our revenue projections or, or what we'll bring in, I mean, people could just donate, people could buy leggings, people could take a class. Like there's just so many different variables that it, I found that that was very challenging. And to try to kind of figure that out and figure out the best way of, you know, so it rather than really revenue projection, I tried to just project protect against the on the cost side to make sure that we're recovering everything. And again, that, you know, we had done a lot. Fiona did a ton of research. I did a ton of research then, and you can really go down the rabbit hole when it comes to Kickstarter and other crowdfunding campaigns, meaning there's a lot of information about there. There's a lot of examples. 
and thankfully there's a lot of people that are that are that would uh, talk about their experience and so you know one of the things we read not to keep beating a dead horse is like make sure you know make sure you have your shipping costs down because that we found what we were reading was like the number one cause of you know campaigns later being like oh shoot you know we kind of miscalculated or whatever so we've been very precise on the cost side of it um i think because the revenue is just so hard to judge like i i and i don't want to we didn't want to make like strong projections because we didn't want to guess what people what you know people were going to go for um because we do have a couple of different kinds of reward levels yeah i don't know if that is helpful <laughs> absolutely no Sorry, it's certainly just, helpful yeah if you have something more specific i can address that as well but yeah it's just a, it's a very very different process in terms of i think the the projections are the hardest part i thought or the most difficult in trying to figure out what exactly is going to happen. Whereas if you have a straight launch into the market, you really are launching, you know, uh, either a collection or one product and you kind of make projections based on that. Whereas this is kind of, I don't want to say anyone's guess, but like it really, you don't know what they're going to, like what people are going to, um, what rewards are going to choose, if they're just going to donate or things like that. So that's a little bit of a challenge. Yeah, a challenge, an opportunity. You know, that's the, totally. the beauty of crowdfunding, right? It's just that, you know, the, the crowd gets to decide ultimately in terms of what wins, what doesn't win, what excites them, what they're willing to pay and price point and colors and features and all of those things. And, you know, that's why we're seeing thousands of campaigns launch every week on these platforms. It's just, you know, the innovators opportunity to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with their consumers. Well, that's what I was just going to say. That's the great part of it, though, is the feedback, right? And just like like you said as because you know we are we're it's not a launch like it, we're a brand where everything's ready to go we are we have different colors that they can choose and you know we'll let them kind of guide us as to to you know what they want so i think that is such a great part of this whole thing and such a great part of launching on kickstarter absolutely well, I know the campaign just launched and you guys are super stoked, as are we. Uh, we'll be excited to follow this campaign along throughout all of its progress. But this is going to get us into our launch round. Fiona, you drew the short straw, so uh, you good to go? I'm good to go. I do just want to say my, my internet has been dropping out a little bit. So if I'm dropping out and you want me to call back in from my phone, I can do that. Well, let's, let's play it by ear and try and get through this. How about it? Okay, that's fine with me. Beautiful. So, Fiona, what inspired you to be an entrepreneur? I think it's something that just happened. I had an idea and, well, actually, that's not true because I've actually never had a nine-to-five job before this. I wanted to work for myself. This particular project, so I was always self-employed, and this project, it just kept coming, back, kept coming back to me. It just kept coming up. It's a good idea. Nice. You should do this. You should do this. Absolutely. I agree. So if you could meet with any entrepreneur throughout history, who would you want to have a yoga session with? Um, I might butcher this name, but Yvonne Schwinard from Patagonia. Yes. He's uh, been featured many times on the show. So what uh, would be your first question? Uh, I think my first question, what would be my, uh, well, I guess two, if I could. Well, I think I know the answer to the second one. My first question would be, how do you not get discouraged? If you're trying to operate a business in this world that's environmentally conscious, it's just sometimes so discouraging. So I'd ask him that. And I would also compliment him on his, the people that work for him or his culture, because 
once I started to get closer to production, I had so many people, strangers that I was cold, cold calling, asking for help, asking for advice. And they all were ex- ex-Patagonia people and they could not have been nicer or happier to help me. And if they couldn't help me, they would redirect me to someone else who might. There's a couple of North Face, but tons of Patagonia people. And that's just an incredible company culture. Nice. So besides that book, Let My People Go Surfing, any other uh, books you would recommend for our listeners? Well, I have not read any business books yet. I'm going to. So when you asked, told me at the beginning of this, I thought, if I'm honest, I might sound all new agey, but maybe the power of now, because throughout this process, so many times I've found myself thinking like, oh my God, in a month, once we launch, then I could have fun. Then I could relax. Then I'll get my life back. Oh, in three weeks, then I'll be happy. And it, you know, our life is right now. So I kind of turned it around and um, just found a way to enjoy the late nights, found a way to enjoy shipping quotes. And, um, and I really have enjoyed it, even though it hasn't always been fun. There's something that's been um, really enjoyable about it. But I think it's really important because you will spend so much time doing things that scare you or frustrate you that you have to find a way to not wish yourself into the future when you're past this. Absolutely. So what advice would you give to a new inventor or entrepreneur that's looking to launch their product? I would tell them to find a really good co-founder or two or three. There's actually four of us, Alden and Carrie are our two other co-founders. We just drew the short straws to be on here. And Alden and Beth are alike in a lot of ways. Carrie and I are sisters, so we're alike in a lot of ways. And we really balance each other. We balance each other out. And I, I keep thinking as we go through this process, oh my God, imagine I was doing this alone. Like I wouldn't do it. And maybe that's why it took me so long because everybody came aboard this past year and it's become so much better, so much easier. I would just, I, I would just say find, find some good co-founders or at least one. Nice. So what would you say are the top three skills that you think every entrepreneur needs to be successful? Definitely perseverance. You have to keep calling even when they don't call you back, etc. Patience, because everything takes longer than you think it will. And then you just have to be okay with uncertainty because you have to find a way to be okay with not knowing because there is so much unknown, even when you do all your research, even when you do everything right, there's just so much unknown. Patience, persistence, problem solving. I love all these things. Uh, Last question, Fiona, in the launch round. And I know the campaign just launched, but definitely want to hear your insights in terms of what does the future of crowdfunding look like to you? I think there's going to be a lot more women. When we were approaching marketing agencies, talking to them, interviewing them for this project, we met a lot who said, oh, this is great. I was just doing like reverse squats in my garage, I could have totally used this product. But projects that are directed or geared towards women just don't do as well because there's less women on Kickstarter. And that surprised us. We didn't realize it was that much of an ex- like that much of a difference between men and women. So I think more women are going to get involved. And I think that's going to be really exciting. Women like to support other women. So I think it's a really great platform for women. Yeah, no, I definitely think we need more women, not only just in the crowdfunding and the making space, but the, the VC side of things, the investment space, all of that. Absolutely. So, yeah, I definitely agree. Well, this has been amazing. Uh, Fiona and Beth, this is both your opportunities uh, to give our audience your pitch, tell people what you're all about, where people should go and why they should check you out. 
Come on, Beth, you take okay. it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it's our Mat 1.0 legging. It's our patent pendant performance yoga legging with built-in knee padding designed to protect your knee every time you put it down, whether you're working out, around the house, gardening, whatever it is, without being bulky or restricting movement. It's functional, but it's also very fashionable. And, um, you know, to come out and support support some women by women for women uh, made in the USA all kinds of good things indeed all kinds of good things indeed this was amazing audience thanks again for tuning in make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for the notes the transcript links to the campaign and everything else we talked about today and of course thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors the gadget flow and product hype and if you loved this episode as much as i did make sure to leave us a review on itunes fiona and beth thank you again so much for joining us today on art of the kickstart thank you for having us Thanks for tuning in to another amazing episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a better business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, show us some love by giving us a great rating on your favorite listening station. And of course, make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for all the previous episodes. And if you need some help, that's what we're here for. Make sure to send me an email to info at artofthekickstart.com. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you on the next episode.